Welcome to Baba Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today, we will be continuing in the book of Revelations, and that's the last book in the New Testament, and also the last book in the complete Bible that we, we read from today. And so we will be in uh, Revelations chapter 20, uh, verses 1 through 15. And before we get started, I always like to read what the Bible is, why we can, uh, why we can trust the Bible or the Word of God, as other people um, say. So this comes from uh, Dr. Vodiv Bakum, which I found on YouTube, and he was teaching a class, and and he was going through this, and I thought it was really great. The Bible, a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses, 40 authors, 66 volumes of books, a span of 1,500 years in three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe, written in three languages, mainly Hebrew and Greek, a little in Aramaic, hundreds of subjects and topics, and that is why we can trust the Bible. Okay, so let's, uh, let me go over what, in this section where we're at, uh, Revelations is an allegorical or, or spiritual method. The images and events, figurative, a deeper meaning of spiritual truth and symbolic numbers. Okay. And some of the study tools that you can use for Revelations and also for the whole Bible is one of my favorites, Matthew Henry's Concise Commentary on the Whole Bible. And especially uh, for Revelations, it explains what each a chapter is and what it's about, uh, what the true meaning is, because remember, it's an allegory. So an allegory is a story that has a meaning within it. And some of the tools you can use online is uh, BibleStudyTools.com, Bible study which also has a Matthew Henry in there. And also... Like, you know, you can use that book, too. And so, and also uh, some other good uh, books you can use is Flavius Josephus, uh, the complete works of Flavius Josephus, or the complete works of Josephus. Uh, he was a Roman Jewish hist historian and military leader, uh, born A.D. 37, that's after the death of Christ in 37, to A.D. after the death of Christ to 100, and especially when it comes to Matthew 24 and the destruction of the Jewish temple, uh, you can find out all that in there. It's really, really good stuff to have, okay? Okay, let's begin. And uh, Revelations, and I'm going to be using the NIV, the New International Version. So Revelations chapter 20, starting at verse 1. And the title in this section is, the thousand years, and I saw an angel uh, coming out of heaven, having the key to the abyss, and holding in his hand a great chain. Verse 2, he sees the dragon, and it, that ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. Verse 3, he threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be set free for a short time. Verse 4, 
I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge, and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded, beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received this mark on their foreheads, on their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Verse 5. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Verse 6. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. Okay, the next section is the judgment of Satan, and this starts at verse 7. When the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison, verse 8, and will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, and together, oh, and to gather them for battle in in number, they are like the sand in the seashore. Verse 9. They marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God's people, the city he loves. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them. Verse 10. And the devil... Hold on a minute. Who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been th thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. The next section is the judgment of the dead. Verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there were no place for them. Verse 12. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Verse 13, the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades, which is another, another word for hell, gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Verse 14. Then death and Hades, or hell, were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Verse 15. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Okay. Now, we're going to switch over. To Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the whole Bible. Just give me a minute to get to it. Here we go. Alrighty, and let's begin in that. Chapter 20. Remember, I'm reading out of Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the whole Bible. And we are reading there in uh, Revelation chapter 20. Number one, the binding of Satan for a thousand years, verses one through three. Number two, the reign of saints with Christ, verses four through six. Number three, loosing Satan and, and the conduct of the church with Gog and Magog, verses seven through ten. And, verse, and number four, the day of judgment, verses 11 through 15. 
Satan is bound for a thousand years, verses 1 through 3. The first resurrection, those are blessed that have part therein, verse 4 through 6. Satan loosed Gog and Magog, verses 7 through 10. The last and general resurrection, 11, verses 11 through 15. This is Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 3. Here is a vision showing by a figure of restraints laid on Satan himself. Christ, with almighty power, will keep the devil from deceiving mankind as he has hitherto done. Christ never lacks power and instruments to break the power of Satan. Christ shuts by his own power and seals by his authority. The church shall have a time of peace and prosperity, but all her trials are not yet over. Verses 20 uh, excuse me, chapter 20 of Revelations, verses 4 through 6. Here is an account of the reign of the saints for the same space of time. As Satan is bound, those who suffer with Christ shall reign with him in his spiritual and heavenly kingdom. In conformity to him in his wisdom, righteousness, and holiness, this is called the first resurrection, which was none but those who serve Christ and suffer for him shall be favored. The happiness of these servants of God is declared. None can be blessed but those that are holy, and all that are holy shall be blessed. We know something of what the first death is, and it is very awful, but we know not what the second death is. It must be much more dreadful. It is the death of the soul, eternal separation from God. May we never know what it is. Those who have been made partakers of a spiritual resurrection are saved from the power of the second death. We may expect that a thousand years will follow the destruction of the anti anti-Christian, idolatrous, persecuting powers during which pure Christianity in doctrine, worship, and holiness will be made known over all the earth. By the all-powerful working of the Holy Spirit, fallen man will be new created and faith and holiness will be as certainly prevail, will as certainly prevail as unbelief and unholiness now do. We may easily perceive what a variety of dreadful pains, diseases, and other calamities would cease. If all men were true and consistent Christians, all the evils of public and private contest would be ended and happiness of every kind largely increased. Every man would try to lighten suffering instead of adding to the sorrows around him. It is our duty to pray for the promised glorious days and to do everything in our public and private stations which can prepare for them. Chapter 20, verses 7 through 10. While this world lasts, Satan's power in it will not be wholly destroyed. Though it may be limited and lessened, no sooner is Satan let loose than he again begins deceiving the nations and stirring them up again to make war with the saints and servants of God. It would be well if the servants and ministers of Christ were as active and 
persevering and doing good. As his enemies and doing mischief, God will fight this last and decisive battle for his people, that the victory may be complete and the glory be to himself. Chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. After the events just foretold, the end will speedily come. And there is no mention of anything else before the appearing of Christ to judge the world. This will be the great day. The judge, the Lord Jesus Christ, will then put on majesty and terror. The persons to be judged are the dead, small and great, young and old, low and high, poor and rich. None are so mean, but they have some talents to account for. And none so great as to avoid having to account for them, not only those alive at the coming of Christ, but all the dead will be judged. There is a book of remembrance both for good and bad, and the book of the sinner's conscience, though formerly for, formerly secret, will then be open. Every man will recollect all his past actions, though he had long forgotten many of them. Another book shall be opened, the book of Scripture, the Scripture, the rule of life. It represents the Lord's knowledge of his people and his declaring their repentance, faith, and good works, showing the blessing of the new covenant by their works. Men shall be justified or condemned. He will try their principles by their practices. Those justified and acquitted by the gospel shall be justified and acquitted by the judge and shall enter into eternal life, having nothing more to fear from death or hell or wicked men, for these are all destroyed together. This is the second death. It is the final separation of sinners from God. Let it be our great concern to see whether our Bibles justify or, or condemn us now, for Christ will judge the secrets of all men according to the gospel, who shall dwell with devouring flames. And that, my friend, concludes chapter 20. Okay, now, let me read some scripture to you. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2, the NIV New International Version. Do not add or what I command you and do not subtract from it. But keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. Let me see. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, NIV. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 to 26, the NIV. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up the cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but who, who, whosoever loses their life from me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Mm. That is powerful. John chapter 6, verse 44 and verse 65, NIV. 
No one can come, this is 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up in the la- at the last days. Verse 65, he went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. Romans chapter 5, verse 10, NIV, for if while we were God's enemies, we were recounseled to him through the death of his son, how much more? Having been recounseled, shall we be saved through his life? In other words, before we came to Christ, for those who have come to Christ, um, before we were enemies of God because we were separated from God. But once God drew us and we heard the gospel and we received the gospel, and we repent of our sins and put our trust in Christ alone, then we became part of God. That means that we now have a relationship with God, so we're no longer separated. That's what that means. Let's see. Romans chapter 3, verse nine, verses 19, the NIV. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, the NIV. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Okay, let me give you some. Let me give you this one. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, the NIV. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6, the NIV. All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17, NIV. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let me give you salvation scripture. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10, King James Version, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised you from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believes on the righteous, with the mouth confess and make salvation. I mean, let me read that again, verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans chapter 10, verse 13, King James Version. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, King James Version. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Yep. So, now the question is, why do we need God? Well, because once you're born into this world, we're all we're all born sinners uh, because we come from people who have sinned. From the time of Adam and Eve when they disobeyed God, then that sin continued in the world. And then you say, well, why do we have to do all that when God could have fixed it? Because whatever God says is going to happen, so he told them not 
he told Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, and he said, do not eat of any, uh, uh, do not, you can eat of every fruit of the, the tree, but this one tree do not eat. And so, so Eve first came and uh, she was convinced by Satan who came as a snake. And, and Satan is, um, uh, he's known as the evil one. He, he was thrown out of heaven uh, because he, he, um, he came against God. He wanted to, because he, uh, he got pride and it messed him up. So God had to throw him out. So he became like a demon-like type thing. And then from that point, he just wanted to destroy anything that God had to do with. And you say, well, why didn't God destroy him? Because God does what he wants to do because he's sovereign. He's God, you know. And his purposes, we don't understand with our finite mind. We're the human mind. But God is the creator anyway. So he came in the form of a snake. Not And during that time, it was a walking kind of thing. And came and uh, deceived Deceived Eve and said, oh, if you eat the fruit of the tree, then you'll know like God will. Even though God said it will, um, you will surely die. So that means that they wouldn't have, you know, the eternal anymore. That means they would be limited and their body would eventually die. So she ate of it and then she convinced Adam to do the same. And so because of that, they had to be kicked out uh, because that was God's rules. Remember, uh, with people, people may not follow everything. But God's perfect in every way. And when he says something, that's how it's going to be. You know, and he don't go back on his word. So that's just how it is. See, that's why you can trust God, because God's always God. He's never gone back on his word or anything else. Now, he, through history, through biblical history, he's relented a few times because of repentance. They repented or whatever. And so he forgave him and all like that. But without that, then usually it's, you know, it's always that way. So the only time that he relents is when there's repentance. But if there's no repentance or asking for forgiveness, true forgiveness, then, you know, what he says is going to happen. But again, God is omnipotent. He knows everything. He is everything. He created us. He knows all about us. And his ways are not our, our ways according to the Bible. So let's see where you stand up to the commandments. Um, God has written his Ten Commandments or the moral laws on our hearts. And that's why we know right from wrong. That's why we know when we're doing something wrong, you feel it. Now, if you go against it, that's on you. But we all know certain things are wrong. So let's go through them. Let's see. Uh, let's do number, uh, the sixth commandment. You shall not murder. Have you ever looked at, um, have you ever hated someone? According to Jesus, you've already committed murder in your heart. Remember, God's standards are a lot higher than our standards. Have you ever looked at another person with lust? According to Jesus, you've already committed adultery, which is the seventh commandment. Have you ever lied? We've all lied. And that's the ninth commandment. You shall not bear false witness, which means lying. We all have lied. And you only have to break one of the commandments to be guilty of all of them. And so we're all guilty. Uh, have you ever borrowed everything and not bring it back? Don't matter like how much it's worth or anything, it'd be a paper clip, a pen, or whatever. Uh, so that'll be the eighth commandment: you shall not steal. Remember, God's standards are high, and ours are very low. That's why we're guilty 
So for those that have not repented, then you'll be on your way to hell until you repent. So I would suggest you repent. You know, come to God as a child, as a little child believing, you know, and, and realizing that we're guilty. Therefore, we have no hope without Christ. So it's kind of like if you're on a plane that's about to crash, somebody gives you a parachute, you got to hold on to that parachute because it's going to save you from the jump to come. Jesus will save you from the judgment to come. Therefore, you will hold on to Jesus. So I would go right now before God, talk to him like you just talked to your best friend, and say, God, I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me for all my sins. I put my trust in you. I put my trust in you alone, Jesus. Forgive me of all my sins. I repent of all things. You know, and just come humbly before God. And then from that time, start reading your Bible daily. I would suggest you start the New Testament in the book of John. It gives you all the basics you need to get started. Then find a good Bible-believing teaching church. And um, so you can start learning the Bible properly. And, you know, learning hermeneutics and um, and all that. And also, um, that, that helps you to understand the Bible. And then serving in the church helps you to not only learn the Bible properly, and then learn how to serve and give back, which is very, very helpful. And I want to give you resources to help you along those lines. Okay, and these are great teachers that will help you. R.C. Sproul with Ligonier Ministries on YouTube, and um, you can put Ligonier Ministries in the search engine, and it'll pop right up. And all these can be found on their websites and YouTube. Uh, Dr. Vody Bacham, uh, Living Waters with Ray Comfort, livingwaters.com, Answers in Genesis with Ken Ham, AnswersInGenesis.org, Wall Builders with David Barton, wallbuilders.com, and he, he goes over a lot of Amer uh, American Christian history. Dr. Walter Martin, waltermartin.org. Apologia Studios with Pastor Jeff Durbin, and you can, go, you can listen to the audio on Apple Podcasts and go to YouTube, and also you can go to apologiastudios.com. That's A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A-S-T-U-D-I-O-S.com. And on there, now they've updated their website, and it's, it's very user-friendly. But um, he has all of the audio teachings of Dr. Greg Bonson, a great professor, reformed professor. And um, his family dedicated, uh, gave all of his audio teachings to uh, Pastor Jeff Durbin, and Apology of Studios, and they remastered it, make it clear. And now you can literally get a free seminary education. Go on that website, apologiastudios.com, and look for uh, Dr. Greg Bonson or Bonson New, and you click on there and start listening to um, the various teaching that he has, and they're all listed. They're very, very fantastic. If you'd like to correspond with us, it is all lowercase Bible Education Institute at gmail.com. And we have a new website. It's very basic, nothing fancy, um, but it works. And it's usually like in the like the podcast at the the information section. It'll be there, and also it is five lowercase d, lowercase b, lowercase e, one one a two, 
lowercase e, 5831 dot, lowercase s-i-t-e, 123 dot, lowercase m-e. And you put that in there and you can put our site up or normally it'll show it and you can just click the link. And let me give you some some other resources. And if you would like to find our podcast, you can find us on uh, YouTube, Rumble, Telegram, Getter, Twitter, Facebook, Gab. And also here are the audio platforms. A podcast you can find us on heliumradio.com, Helium Radio Network, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Amazon Music, Overcast, Chrome, G Potter, Firefox, Safari, iTunes, Audible, Alexa, Google, Podbean, Internet Explorer, Podcast Addict, Listen Notes, Luminary Podcasts, Player FM, and others if you would like to follow us. Also, Um, I like to use, I like to get used books, like they have new and used books, but I prefer used books. You can get like the really great condition stuff at a very low price. You get all the various books that that you would need and Bibles or whatever. You can go to Abe Books, A-B-E-B-O-O-K-S online, Thrift Books, Amazon, Alibris, A-L-I-B-R-I-S, and there's many more. You can put the books you want to on Google, and it'll pop up all these different sellers. And also another good um, resource would be if you go online and put TCT Network, and there's a good uh, faith in history, uh, um, the like about church history and everything around the world in America, faith in history with William Federer and his great books, too. And he teaches you all about that. And there was uh, one that taught the Old Testament and that's ancient Jewish wisdom with Rabbi Daniel Lappin, but he's no longer on that network. You can go to his website, RabbiDanielLappin.com and RabbiDanielLappinPodcast. And uh, you can find him on YouTube also. And his wife sometimes helps him with some of the podcasts and she'll be on there too, Susan Lappin. When you go onto the website, she has a blog there called um, Susan's Musings. Very, very instructional, very helpful. I just thought it'd be great to share. So remember, until next time, read your Bible daily without fail and do what it says.